0: All right, so in this episode of Agile After Dark, we get to part two of Inside Apollo 13 Studio, the Agile Roundtable, where we get to ask our esteemed guests some very specific questions, and we also let them hear from our studio audience and see where that takes us. Hope you enjoy it and take a listen. Welcome back, everyone, to Agile After Dark the podcast that addresses Agile topics not talked about in the light of day. I'm your host, Brandon Gartley. Sitting here and still sitting on a plane trying to get to the heartland is my co-host, Greg Adams-Woodford. We are going to continue with part two of our Agile Roundtable inside the Apollo 13 studio. We're going to transition into the pivot questionnaire, made famous by the Dean Emeritus James Lipton on Inside the Actor's Studio, who's born in Detroit, by the way. So good guy, Steve. Um, a Michigan person? Yeah, he's a Michigan person. Uh, um, but uh, it was actually originally aired, uh, it's used on air by Bernard Pivot on the French show Bouillon de Cauchère. Pivot? Pivot. 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 Okay. Yes.
1: Don't even try, Steve. Very,
0: very French. All right, so <laughs> what I'm going to do. Is I have a list of ten questions. Alright, oh. And for each question, I'm going to pose it and then we'll start with Shiloh and then Steve goes and then the next one, you'll go first, Steve, and then oh, and then Shiloh. Just... Alright, you guys ready? It's exciting stuff. Is there a time limit to the answers? Not at all. Because no. I can edit.
2: <laughs> okay. Alright.
3: You talk too much, Steve. We'll edit it out.
0: <laughs> kind of along those lines. First question is start with you, Shiloh. What is your
1: favorite word? Pick one. Yeah. Patience.
0: I love it. <laughs> <laughs> as a mother of two, and also having a spouse that travels for work, I'm sure patience out there, but also professionally as well, right?
1: Professionally as well. Yeah. Everybody oh. is on their own journey. You need yeah. patience.
0: Yeah. Excellent. How about you, Steve? What, what is your favorite word? favorite word teaming
3: i'm gonna say tonight teaming teaming yes you have to explain that a little further for us uh just the notion of collaborating uh working together with other people to achieve a common goal
0: uh the common goal back to the vision right we need to have the vision for the common goal which, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm providing the vision here pretty well without ga so we need to really? kind of keep that in you mind. You think so? Uh, Greg? No, it's funny.
3: Greg? Greg, what do you think?
0: You know, yeah. Greg, we're going to edit in Greg. I Greg. Miss Greg. Yeah. ga what do you think? Edit in.
3: Hey, you just that showed up. Long you long. don't ask any questions. You just perform. We're not going to pay attention to that. All right. <laughs> well, that's normal. We
0: yeah.
2: no,
3: normally ignore So,
0: <laughs> then we go to the antithesis of antithesis. the first question. Of the first question. So, opposed. will do you, Steve, first this time. What is your least favorite word? Me. 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 Me, me, me. Me, It's all about me. Me, me. Right? Yeah. As a coach, I can understand that being a a tough one to get around. But as a coach, we also have to be self-aware of that, correct, right?
3: We do. We do. And I still need to grow and learn in that area. But yes, it is something that, as coaches, we need to be aware of how much are we inserting ourselves into the situation and how much are we really being servants to the system that we're trying to coach and to uh help
0: right turn the me into we yes we 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 we. from (laughs) pivo what about you Shiloh? what is your least favorite
1: word least favorite word so many um so many,
2: yeah, Steve. So, so
0: Shyla has a list of people that she doesn't want to work with. She probably has a long list of words that she doesn't want to deal with either.
1: Um, nothing is off-putting to me more than when I see a situation where people don't treat each other with respect. Um, so to me, that that really. Um, is off-putting.
0: Yeah. Non-respect. Right. Yeah. No respect. No respect for the other yeah. human. Right. Because we're all on a journey, right? Yep. We all and have our different ways of getting to where we are.
2: And
1: knowledge levels, experiences, what that have shaped us to, yep. you know, who we are. We bring different perspectives. We may disagree, but disagree is not equal to disrespect.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. All right. So... I'm have to be careful with this one. I wish Greg was here for this because uh, I know he would react. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Me? <laughs> yes, to Shiloh, you first.
1: Creatively, spiritually, and... Or emotionally. Or emotionally. Hmm. I think when... When I see that people are really doing their best and putting their best foot forward, it's not about them doing the right thing or the wrong thing. Right. But just trying makes me a very happy person. Yeah. It, it, it definitely brings the best in me. Mm-hmm. They're trying to learn, right? They, they want to learn. They have the right attitude. That's it. Attitude. The right attitude right. matters.
0: Right. Yeah, you, you're gonna get out of it what you put into it. Yep. The whole theory of ex- experimentation yep. with an agile. And I just can try. stay with
1: it, and I can yep. bring the best out in me mm-hmm. by just being in that atmosphere.
0: What about you, Steve?
1: What turns you
0: on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? All right. Um, Besides Terrell Pryor, <laughs> <laughs>
3: not so much Terrell, but um, it would be it would be Jesus. You know, he is the ultimate in mm-hmm. the uh, the person who was a servant leader, someone who served, uh, came to sacrifice. Um, so that is you know the touchstone mm-hmm. for me, and the ultimate you know in you know uh, the true north mm-hmm. of what being a servant is and what uh, sacrificing uh, mm-hmm. for the greater good is.
0: Mm-hmm. And that, as we've talked about earlier in this podcast, that self-reflection mm-hmm. being less about the me, yes, being more about the we. Yeah. Wow, that was a lot more serious than I thought it was going to be. So, uh, <laughs> but I appreciate that I really do because, you know, I think having models of right people and an understanding of spiritually what mm-hmm. really can I connect to and understand uh, is important to to kind of have that to. As both coaches but also as participants of the the things that the teams that we're coaching
3: exactly exactly having having a framework outside of a technology space understanding Mm -hmm. what does being a servant really mean what does being uh what is sacrificial love really mean what is caring about someone else really mean with a context outside of you know the, the office space that we frequently work in and saying this is the the ultimate, this is the touchstone that we mm-hmm. need to be looking to,
0: right? So to build on that, what turns you off, Steve?
3: Turns me off. Um, Beelzebub? <laughs> yes, but um, uh, turns me off. It would be, it would be still that that selfishness, that you mm-hmm. know, that me focus what can promote me um, Mm -hmm. a close second is uh, those who are judgmental yeah you know the judgmentalism of that you know hey you're not doing it right you're doing that wrong whatever it is hey let me criticize critique both of those so the me focus the selfish focus and that judgmental focus which i view as an outworking of that Mm -hmm. me focus right you know both of those are huge turnoffs yeah
0: the channel greg at crumpism you know better to be consistent than right right yep you know and i think you know i think we have to have further conversation with him about that because it's so ingrained in us as coaches of that's like what's expected of us is to come to whatever team, program, leadership, whatever, and say, "What's right? Mm-hmm. What's right?" Mm-hmm. Well, you know, right? Well, it's it's not about because that's what le- feeds into yeah. that sort of the me. Mm-hmm. It's about me, right? Versus no, it's about the vision and the understanding and the compassion, right, right, for other individuals, their cultural background, their you know other various backgrounds, and, uh-huh. and how do we all work together. All right to, to you, Shallow. what turns you off?
1: What turns me off as a professional?
0: Yeah, start with that.
1: Um, it's a difficult question. Uh, I think the trade that we're in, um, I have had the joy of working with many mentors through my professional career. I mm-hmm. still work with a mentor. And... Um, you know, he's an agile coach as well, well-practiced, well-traveled, and so on and so forth. And when we have some conversations, uh, I remember distinctly one of the conversations was about, hey, we rarely coach, all we do is mentor. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: And when we got a little we, deeper we, yeah. into, okay, what are We putting on really the couch like, and
0: we're like, you know, sitting down yeah, there and, well, yeah.
1: What does mentorship look like? Right. So you we went deeper in that conversation and it turned into a very quick synopsis of, yes, we're expected to judge, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a big part of the expectation. It's why True. we get you know paid what we get paid. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was personally off-putting and it set me off on a journey that I'm very happy to be on, right? Um, it set me off on and really... Um, deepening my understanding on what motivates people. Mm-hmm. We talk so much about positivity. We talk so much about creativity. At the end of the day, why do people do the things they do? right? Why do they do awesome?
0: Right And what is their journey to get to the place that they're at? We talk about leadership you know right. before, which is I've you know in the previous way of doing things, I've been promoted because I do this. Mm-hmm. Am I then looking at everyone else it's like, well, I did that. Right? right so I need to expect that's that's expectation for me because I had to go through it and, right? and there's
1: a reason there's absolutely a reason right mm-hmm. um and what I've come to discover through you know the training and the coaching program that I'm in is there is a two percent truth there is a two percent wisdom
2: mm-hmm.
1: right in everything that has happened there's there's a little bit more growth that we've had whether it's a positive aspect or a negative aspect through the years right so I don't you know, view the job that I do as purely mentorship and I'm very cognizant of being judgmental yes there are days when I'm absolutely frustrated <laughs> I want to hit my wall you know head on the wall you yeah, have but your thing ready to strike
2: if
0: it's Greg, right? I, I've had
1: great partners as you know I yeah. have proceeded to do my day job right any assignment I've been in uh, there's very few that I've been solo mm-hmm. I've always had the joy of Hearing yeah. with people right. mm-hmm. and saying, "Did you read this? That the same practice way I practice did." Practice what we preach, right? In exactly. terms of being part of a
0: team, right? exactly. Yeah. Yep. Right? As coaches, sometimes that can be hard.
1: And and actually practicing the humility that right. goes with a mm-hmm. failure, right? And that's not easy. Mm-hmm. After this many spending this many years having the careers we've had. It's really difficult for me to stand up and say, Yes, that was a horrible conversation. <laughs> and I do that more today than yeah. I used to be able to do that a few years ago. Right. So I think that comes with, for me, it was a growth. Yeah. Right? It was yeah. definitely a growth area. Right. And for me, part of your own that, agile journey. Exactly. Right? Well, leadership journey. Mm-hmm. Right. And for me, what that mentorship discussion—it it touched me in ways where you know it, it really made me question. Yeah,
2: so.
0: yeah, yep. All right. So next question, and I'll go to Shyla to build off that. What is your favorite curse word? <laughs>
1: Too many, too many. (laughs) I got two teenagers. I don't want them to hear this.
0: (laughs) We'll keep them away. If we really need to bleep it out, we can, but we're we're in a safe space. There's only 10 people that listen to this thing anyway.
3: (laughs) Favorite curse
0: word? Wow.
1: Effing, just do it.
0: (laughs) Effing, effing, effing all day. Yep. Even if it's not coming out of our mouth. Sitting in the back of her head. It's the word it? bubble. It's a word bubble. Epic, epic, epic. What about you, Steve? Uh, first word? Shoot. And the guy
3: who just talked about Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, the word bubble that's coming out of my head is the F you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. yep. So it, I try to restrain and try yeah. to present, you know, professional, yeah. you know, but it's useful. In the back of your head, you're just like, got oh. like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but
1: you so. know what? It's been a joy partnering with Steve. Um, we have had our moments of frustration, but <laughs> I think the partnership is when when I'm on that edge of frustration, yeah. he's able to just calm the situation down right. and take it a different direction, give me a, yeah. a, a you know breathing yeah. space, if right. you will. We've never really landed on, we've had a conversation, we get out of the room and say,
2: <laughs> horrible automation. so when you so deal with that,
0: that. when you do <laughs> the EVPs of being a dick like uh Greg you know you know that's the stuff that you kind of have to like let some steam out through the bubble right right exactly all right uh so Steve to you what sound or noise do you love a sound or noise yeah
3: oh my gosh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I should go with Shelly first uh, is it is it the sound of uh, grass under your bare feet is that is, is that a fair guess that's the feel of it yeah and, no that's not a feel it's not the sound there's the not a real sound.
3: That's, that's a feel and yeah. almost wow that almost get, that's that's a whole different sense it's like too. you know just getting <laughs> rid of the
0: one ring in the in the you know in th- the
3: this of it.
2: <laughs> the sound that's what was the question? Sound the question is, is what is
0: what, what sound or noise do you love? Do I love um,
3: a sigh of contentment? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. just a peaceful yeah. yes, mm-hmm. good, good. I like that. Maybe building one. on that, a um, uh, the aha moment of ah. Mm-hmm. I see
0: you literally like we're talking about bubbles but yeah you see the, like the light bulb be like yeah, exactly ding. and you to see the light bulb go yep yeah what about you shadow flowing water flowing water let it go yeah
1: just let it go yeah
2: let
0: it go most people most peaceful sleep I've ever had was on a sailboat when you're in like the little part like where the water the like small enough sailboat where you can hear the water going instead it. yeah it really for is. me
1: it's the whole um it was a martial artist um, Bruce Lee mm. let the water go it'll take its shape right it'll it'll bend it'll go around and you just need to let it go
0: alright so back to you Shaila what sound or noise do you hate
1: uh, I hate loud, blaring noises. And the one particular one that has stuck with me in this place of work is the train horn. Yeah. Loud, <laughs> abrupt train yeah. horn, especially when I'm trying to have a useful conversation. Not useful. So
0: don't go to Purdue football games, is what I'm telling you right now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Do not go to Purdue. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> I have never been to a disco so If I just don't like.
0: Uh, so don't Love go provinces. to the idiom concerts that I go to. Okay. Fair enough. What about you, Steve?
3: I'm going to go with the same. You know, loud, uh, blaring noises. Although the train... What? What? I
0: can't hear you. What, Steve? <laughs> no? Oh, let's see. If you're around loud noise enough, you can't hear it. Right.
3: The train... Well, it's because you go to these blaring... Yes, that's right. <laughs> now, the train actually never bothered me. I mean, I sleep through the train every night that I was up in the heartland, you know, when I was near the... It's like, no, It's it's just...
1: I grew up by a train station, by the way. And so oh, you didn't learn wow. to sleep through I I sleep so, so bad, I still don't like it. So when people so are like, like we're, like we're
0: putting together a train, you're like, I do
2: not want to
0: hear about another
2: train. <laughs> the train. Another train. <laughs> oh, <line."> the irony! <laughs> you can't
3: escape, Charlotte. So this is ironic from our conversation last week when I was sharing that, okay, I grew up or no, I didn't grow up in the heartland. My va- my grandparents lived in the heartland and so I mm. traveled for vacation up into the middle of flat cornfields. So I actually find them attractive and Shiloh and they are looking at me like, you know, are, are, you, are you out of your freaking mind? Yeah. You know?
2: And so I'm thinking, flowers. all right, you,
3: you grew up They're with, you know, you know, train noises. Doesn't that give, bring some nostalgia? And apparently not at all. No, <laughs> no
1: it doesn't.
0: <laughs> so here's one of my favorite questions out of this list. Um, is what profession, other than your own, would you like to attempt? I'm to see first, right? Yeah, you are
3: up first. What profession, other mm-hmm. than my own... Would I like to attempt. Yep. Hmm. Wow. Um, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing right now so this is what mm-hmm. um, yeah although I have you know, contemplated it's like
2: would,
3: when I retire would I want to learn can I quilt? go a naked and afraid quilting no you know it's like no I don't think I quilting. He yeah say quilting? He I did say quilting. say quilting yes yeah, there's, there's a peacefulness. Steve has like nice... a weird
0: old soul, like <laughs> hobbit, class. I don't know you. I don't know I, just don't know I really like, me. I actually would have played. The, the studio st- audience loves this idea. Yeah, the studio, studio audience is like, like giving like <laughs> thumbs up here right now. Right. But I actually would have thought it had been like some survivalist sort of Oh, show. no, that was my older
3: brother. He no. was a wacko for that. Oh, God. Okay. Um, no. Cool thing. And the peacefulness of it? Or, it's the peacefulness or, of it. But also
0: that you're creating something?
3: Um, or... We were My wife and I were flipping houses for a while. Yeah. There's some peacefulness to that. Okay. when you Working with your hands. When and... you don't have a project manager breathing down your breath. <laughs> you know, when you do, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. But you know, yeah. when when you don't and just working something mm-hmm. with your hands. Yeah. Uh, so that's the word the quilt. So working something allows... La- So the craftsmanship. Mm -hmm. So I I hadn't, but it's the craftsmanship of that which I enjoyed about being a developer as Mm -hmm. well. And I enjoy as a coach bringing out, allowing people to uh, experience their best. Mm -hmm. That craftsmanship. Yeah. Yeah, So I would enjoy doing that myself. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. What about you, Shana? What profession other than your own would you like to attempt?
1: So like Steve, I love the job I do. Uh, have a great passion for working with people mm-hmm. and you know even after i retire i i don't think i could live in solitude right? yeah i i get my energy from being around people that's a mad scientist in the kitchen. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe I'll go into catering or yeah. cooking and, yeah. you know, donating the food at a temple or whatever. Yeah. Or so a different type of craftsmanship. You know. Yeah, just, yeah. you know, service in the temple maybe. There's
0: an interesting tie there because I think other answers I've seen to this, which is, you know, I would like to go off and be kind of like on my own island and doing my <laughs> own thing and Definitely not being husband. around people. <laughs> That's right. So, Shadow and I have
3: talked about this. I could like, do that and yeah. do that. I could build but my own house and quilt my own blanket. <laughs> you, you know, that's right, and that's, I, fair. I, I could, you know, that's fair. I could, yeah, that's fair because
0: see, I, I don't, so I don't, don't need to be around other people. I <laughs> say, other profession. We're we're dealing with people every day, and you know, Shadow, that we're near a wall, and she kind of earlier was like, I feel like I'm doing this, hitting my head against the wall, based on the conversations and stuff. But I think you know there is something to this profession that we're in, which mm-hmm. is. When we see the slight, even it's just like the slight, like chipping away the slightest thing and we see the next step. And when someone's like, as you said, Steve, like the the light bulb goes off on someone's head, whether it's quilting for ourselves to, you know, be like, you know, this is the mechanical piece of it, the engineering side of it, or it's the cooking thing and I'm doing it. But then everyone's like, wow, I really, I get that. It's, it's fascinating to me. All right. Only two more questions left and they're good ones. So, here we go. So, I think I'm on Chyla. What profession would you not like to do? There's a lot of yin and yang. Yes, not. So, we just went through chef, coaching. You love what you do. What would you, you know, is it an introverted thing that you wouldn't
1: like to do? Uh, having lived around them my entire life, professionally <laughs> and personally. Mm-hmm that doesn't bother me Mm. as much. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a time in in my past life where um, I spent six months uh, not being able to sleep very well and I hated my job every single day. I had to tear down what I built, you know, with a lot of love and pain. Um, And that company was going through a, um, you know, spinoff. Mm -hmm. It was just how it was. right? Um, So yeah, there is an aspect of that uh, destroying, right? The word destroying comes to mind that I just don't enjoy. So I don't think when I look back uh, at that aspect of the career, the word director really has a bad taste in my mouth for those reasons, Mm -hmm. right? I wish it was not called director. I wish it was called something else, you know, Um, visionary, leader, I don't care, but the whole word, the notion of you're a director, hence you must direct, just bothers me to no Mm -hmm. end. To this day, um, when people call me and say, hey, can you come help and can this, that, the other, like, no, I am not, no, 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 that's not what
0: I want to do. You got the LinkedIn thing, you're like, yeah. Don't talk to me about that.
1: No. Yeah. So, not yeah. that.
3: Not that. Okay. What about you, Steve? Well, the first job, well, tearing down? I mean, I was thought that's, that's actually a creative part of doing house renovations. You mm. know, but that's a different type of tearing down. So right. When you asked the question, the first thing that jumped to my mind was garbage collector. I certainly don't want to be a
0: garbage <laughs> collector. You know, that's funny, though,
3: because I told
0: uh, uh, one of my first podcasts, I did the whole thing about janitors. Uh, okay. remember this? I, that whole study about the janitors that I do yeah up. in the and hospital they said, Yeah, they're like I would never want to do that job but they said we're going to do it our way because yeah. we're part of a larger so they saw, they the saw garbage of the yeah they're yeah. part of the, you know with the garbage collectors You know maybe they're feeling like you know and you've seen the videos where the kids like come out on the side of the street like okay we have our garbage right, right. and they come out and they're like yeah my son like, for the
1: longest time well, wanted to be a garbage collector yeah, that's all he wanted to do yeah.
0: I'm not trying to negate what no, you're saying no, yeah.
3: Now, but, I'm thinking about the guys who come and pick up the garbage cans in our street. And yes. like, but you're right about, like, the in elementary school, some of the people that the kids have the best bonding with in a good school system yeah. are the janitors. Right. Okay. You know, they have the time to interact with the kids. In mind. Right. But uh, I, my next thought went to, um, went to something that, unfortunately, I have the skills for, as I have a... Master certification in project management. Another thing to shatter Shila's uh, <laughs> view of me um, is I would hate to be a classic project manager. It would kill my soul. Yes, it killed me my and soul. Brother. Yes,
0: it absolutely killed my soul, it and died. I was ready to completely do. And not to steal what you were saying, but I was ready to change my entire profession. Right,
3: right. You'd prefer to do garbage collection. I would absolutely.
0: I was like, hey, little kid on the corner, you got garbage. I will take that versus going to a developer every other day and saying, hey, on my Gantt chart, it says you're supposed to have this done tomorrow. Are you done yet? Are Are you you done done yet? yet? Are you done
3: yet? Are you done yet? It sucks the life out of you. And your whole... It's not just you, but it yeah. sucks the life out of everyone that you're interacting with. And that's, it's, you can't do it. It's all this, destruction. It's
0: this, it is. It is that all is this stuff that, you know, and that's where it's kind of interesting when we're talking about doing agile versus being agile, right? Which is, what's the replacement for project management of, hey, have you gotten this thing done on a Gantt chart that's due tomorrow versus, oh, we're walking the board. You said this is going to be done this the sprint. Is it done? Versus, hey, I'm seeing a pattern, and let's like you're you're kind of it's we haven't seen much movement in the stand-ups or whatever. You kind of said that you're struggling with stuff. Let's figure it out together. Versus, well, my Gantt chart says this. Well, well, Fred over here says I'm not done with it. Well, you know, you and
3: but Fred you need said, to figure that out. You said four four months ago that you'd be done by yeah, now. Right. What's the problem?
1: but
0: that's you You have an
1: accountability issue yeah Yeah, i I need to direct you yeah
2: well i think that
0: you know christy and others that have been on the show we kind of talked about where we naturally just kind of like honestly stumbled into agile right which was we hate being that person so let's get you and these three people you're dependent on in a room every day and talk about what's going on right right and that was before agile was agile and like Greg with his you know note cards and no stickies because he's that old. All right, so last last question. Uh, I'm on you, I think, Steve. Yes, I'm this. up. Which you know, giving you yes. one of your answers is somewhat fitting. Fitting, excuse me. Uh, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates?
3: Uh, well done.
0: Well done.
1: My God, it's like we're twins. <laughs> like, she literally was like literally saying well, "well done." like, yeah. "job well done." Yeah, it was in my brain. Yeah, like, job yeah.
0: well done. You basically all of the people. Honestly, we deal with people. Right. Right. We're not dealing with the systems. We're not dealing with the technology. We are, kind of in a third. Right.
3: Person, but it's not really third. It's right, like right. third something, right?
0: But we're literally dealing
3: with people every day. Right. Right. And yeah. so, and and. If there's a heaven, you know, and, and God exists, then when he says, well done, it's going to be around
2: people, mm-hmm.
3: not about organizations, because they'll have all expired. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be about structures or systems or the work itself, because it doesn't matter. Right. It's going to be around people. Did right. you help people? Were you constructive? Did you build up people mm-hmm. in, uh, in your time here? Right. And so right. that would be that would be the best. Yeah. Anything to add to that, Sheldon?
1: So it's an interesting conversation I had with my dad. My dad is a professor of genetics, right and I will say, an atheist, right? Yeah, my father scientist. too. He's a scientist. Yeah. He does not believe in, in God. And he believes in science, and mm-hmm. that's okay. And my mom on the other side is, is a very orthodox very same know,
2: right. in the woman. Yes. So is it, it, it's interesting
1: yeah. how I grew up in that household. Yeah. And I was talking to my dad about this profession of coaching
4: mm-hmm.
1: and what he does and how it's different from you know therapy. Mm-hmm. How is therapy different from coaching? One is talking about you know, taking that client and getting them into the future where one is focused on the past and the history and why it is the way it is and trying mm-hmm. to heal from there. But both of them, the thing that is common in both of them is the healing power, mm-hmm. right? And the ability to, to have that person actually achieve their own agenda, yeah. right? Unlocking yeah. that potential that the actual human being has for them to go achieve their goal, right. it's not about them achieving your goal as a coach. It's mm-hmm. about them achieving their goal. For them to be able to see it and actually grow to that, right? I think yeah. that is the ultimate reward uh, when you take the equation of money off the table yeah. for a coach. That is the ultimate reward, and that's really what drives me on a day-to-day basis. And I
0: like the 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 phrase of unlocking. Yeah. Right, because it's there. I think as yeah. us as generally human beings right that sort of
1: we all have blind spots i mean yeah I have, no shame right there, yeah there's always yeah. blind spots and yeah. for somebody else yeah
0: i mean you're sitting on city. an ohio state like pad on your chair and that's a blind spot for me but you know yes. hey but it's helpful right because, it's comfortable right? Right? Michigan, yeah, yeah. You you're com- you're more comfortable and that's what matters to me shallow. there you go that's Thank all you. that matters
3: that's <laughs> gracious of you <laughs>
0: All right, we're going to take one more quick break and then uh, we're actually going to take some questions from our Agile After Dark studio audience. Woo-hoo. So very excited about that. And uh, we will be right back. So send your questions or feedback to feedback at agileafterdark.com and check out our previous podcast at agileafterdark.com. So
3: Brandon's going to edit this out, but what- said water flowing, it's like, all right, she's not talking about the bathroom. No. Oh
4: hey, everyone in the studio is like, I am not talking about the leak in the bathroom. Everyone in the studio
3: is like, I got to pee.
0: <laughs> After this 2014 Merlot, which is not a Malbec, by the way, so I have failed miserably compared to Greg, because oh. I didn't realize it was Malbec that child looked. And I got a Merlot, so different M's. So we are back and uh, no sign of God coming in from his flight from God knows where to the heartland. Uh, but uh, you know, I think we've we've done pretty well without him. Did you, you text know? the slacker? Uh you know I did. I did and he he ignored responded. it as you know, as usual yeah. as as you know as crazy C- as C- one to C- do. Charlotte, it's not I'm not the only one. No, you know what no, I'm no, saying? no, this okay. is okay. Right. not it makes just
1: me feel good. Yeah.
0: As he says, it's more It's good to be more
3: consistent than right.
0: (laughs) So the consistent non-response.
3: Someday he and I are going to have a debate because one of the mottos that I leverage is consistency is overrated. Because I run into a lot of organizations that do things for the sake of consistency. Now, I get Greg's point, and it's a valid point. Well, it's
0: a crumpism, so he's a little, you know, it's like... Al Steve, why we'll that dumb look? Uh, yeah, right. I know. Yeah, and I do have a dumb look. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I do.
3: I specialize in that. <laughs> <laughs> but I will still say that consistency is overrated. All
0: right, all right. All right, though. Oh, this is going to be so great. Talented. I cannot <laughs> wait for him to show yeah. up. Dumb looks? Yeah. yeah. I specialize. Amazing. <laughs> so, as part of this format, we're kind of changing it up a little bit. So, I'd love to open it up to our studio audience to, to ask questions. All I ask is, you state your name, your role, and what your
5: question is. Hey, Steve. My name is Danny, and I'm coming all the way from Denver, Colorado. Just wanted to know, what were you like in high school? And also, who, like, what is your favorite company and why?
3: Two-part question. So you're like the classic journalist. You're you know, putting multiple parts into your question. You yeah. All right. What was I like in high school? How are these two related even to one another? This is just a cheat way to get two questions in. All right, how was I? How was I in high school? I was the
0: poor Danny is sitting in the audience with the mic still in his hand. He's just like, uh huh. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
0: Yeah, you're gonna take this question.
3: (laughs) So how was I like? I was the classic nerd, you know. Um, gosh, you know, I. I was not a sports dude I knew nothing about it Uh, my only interaction with our high school football was that I played band in the high school (laughs) for the high school football and I only played the one year because after that you know the the band instructor made it clear that music is not your talent Steve (laughs) you should go somewhere else (laughs) I snuck into our computer room and there was no computer classes at that time. There wasn't computer classes in high school for a long time after that. You were
0: punching the cards too?
3: We fortunately did not have a punch card system. So, um, but- It's like Greg, he didn't have stickies. So,
0: you know, <laughs> you're, you're not yeah, as old as him.
3: We did not have, st- I'm older than the stickies. So <laughs> anyway, so that's what it was like in high school. Second part question. What's the, what's my favorite company? Um, my favorite company is actually Google Alphabet you know it's their ability to uh, celebrate failure I mean so many things are fantastic about them as a company as far as um, a agile company that doesn't even really have to espouse agile or lean beliefs because it's built into their DNA you know that we will relentlessly, relentlessly improve, we will relentlessly experiment, we will celebrate failure. Um, so for me, that's my favorite. All right, do we have another
0: question from the
3: audience?
4: Hi, my name is Ruth. i from Chicago, and I am an agile coach. And my question is to both Shyla and Steve. Um, talk about a time when you were forced to become a leader. And how has that contributed to you being able to teach and coach effectively today?
1: become a leader so it's, it's interesting the notion of becoming a leader i think you are every person is a leader within right um you are born with those traits and you develop them as you grow older so my first memory of being a leader is of me being a class monitor if you will mm. right i don't know what you call it here in school but it's you know um Is class monitor a thing here? (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is, yeah. Okay. Um, So at a very young age, even in kindergarten, I used to lead people to the playground. I used to lead people (laughs) to the cafeteria. Is this a command and control thing? (laughs) No, it's about, you know, helping people see and helping people find their way and, you know, keeping the line moving, if you will. So it's no surprise that I got to spend 10 years of my life um, in the defense space. And I got to see what leadership truly is from close quarters, right? It is not about command and control. It is about dealing with humans and building that capability in another human. That is what leadership is all about. Um, so those are some of my earliest
4: memories.
3: So Ruth, what was the second half of your question?
4: Um, how has that contributed to you being effective as a coach today?
3: Oh, okay. It's a good question. The see, I never, unlike Child, I never envisioned myself as a leader. Um,
0: in the band nerd uh, world <laughs> of the actually, I'm not good at band world,
3: right? Right, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Exactly, you know. But third, third trombonist, you know, in a uh, no, not a leader. Um, the first for me, it was in totally unwork related, I was in a month long, uh workshop on site, you know, and a bunch of my colleagues said, you know, we had to do a presentation and they said, okay, you're the leader. And I'm like, what, you know, and they saw something in me that I didn't see, um, a, an ability to lead and to um, motivate people from a, from a position of humility, and that envisioned it for me um, how did that enable me as an agile coach? Um, I think, I think still to um, approach situations from a perspective of humility, and I don't always do that. And, and I know that uh, Gaw in particular, you know, called me out on it once, where where I had approached a situation with. Uh, what at least the customer perceived is a lack of humility. Uh, play, and so when he called me out on that, it really touched me. It's like, this that's not like, sure. well, the that like first
1: I want to be well, in. How how All place. I'm doing it's is, is like I have to eat. And I'm so like, I need to so go get food. coaching from the perspective of
3: being constantly curious and listening and humble to say, you know what? While I may know a lot of things, I I haven't lived in your skin and I need to live in your skin and and understand that before I can really coach you.
1: Perspective taking. So to answer that question, you know, second part of that question, Ruth, what it has built in me <clears throat> the perspective taking ability, right? The ability to like Steve says, you know, live in walk a mile in somebody else's shoes to really understand what are the obstacles, you know, um, where is leadership really required? Uh, and I think being able to display a sense of vulnerability as opposed to humility, right, um, to show that vulnerability as a leader also, I think, is a, is a huge positive trait. And that has helped me in my coaching um, you know, journey to say, I don't know it all, so let's figure it out together, let's co-create. And it, it's it's taught me a lot, it's helped me grow.
5: Hey, Agile After Dark, this is Danny coming from Denver. I'm an Agile coach. Um, this question goes out to Shyla. Um, this is more of a two-part question for you, Shyla. So, uh, first part is, okay, so you hear a lot of coaches, they'll talk about, in order to make a successful Agile transformation, you gotta start from the team up. You have to like build a team and then from there they'll organically kind of spread throughout the organization and their value will start to show just over time, right? Do you see that as the more optimal solution or do you kind of take the stance that you have to start with the leadership and kind of go top down? Second part of this question. Oh God, we
0: have one of these.
5: (laughs) What is the craziest thing that happened to you in New York City?
1: Oh, wow. Okay, I'll start with the second question, because it's fresh on mine. The craziest thing that happened to me in New York, there's a bunch of crazy things, but there was one time I was working, and it was Halloween. Halloween is not a national holiday, by the way, kids. Um, And it was a late-nighter. We were pulling a late-nighter. It was close to midnight, catching the last train out in New York City. I got hit with a beer bottle. Yeah, And I kept walking, I was brave, I kept walking, I did not stop, did not cry, did not get shaken up, I did go to my house and then cried, but that was the <laughs> craziest thing, and I went back to work the next day, now that's crazy.
5: Note to
3: self, don't did you mess you s- with Shira. Did you stay late the next day, till
1: midnight? Um, matter of fact, I stayed over and went the next morning after oh. that, we were going through a <laughs> deployment,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, it didn't stop me. Um, so let's go to the first part of the question. Um, what is the successful pattern of an Agile transformation? If I had to bottom line that question. Did I get that right, Danny? Um, and you're gonna hate this answer. It's gonna feel like the typical consultant answer, which is to say it depends. And I say that with all the grace and humility possible, because it really depends on the context of the situation. Um, there are some organizations within which, you know, a grassroots can take, you know, a great form, a form of its own and can succeed, uh, and I am evidence to that, right? Um, there's also um, organizations wherein it can get stifling if it doesn't have executive support, and we talked about that at the beginning of the show. Um, so what is the one recipe to success? I don't believe there's one that exists. And for that reason, I really don't like playbooks in this area. Uh, I despise playbooks actually. Um, it's it's the work we do with humans and humans by nature are unpredictable. So there's no one way to solve the problem.
5: Can I ask a follow-up question to that then?
0: You Might be cut off, but okay, you can hold on the mic. One more time. <laughs>
5: Okay. So let's just say you're going into a fresh organization, you know, brand new client. Where would you prefer to start?
1: Uh, Prefer to start? Where as in?
5: Like, would you want to start with the leadership and kind of go top down? Or would you want to start with the teams and kind of go bottom up?
1: You know, it's an interesting question. I don't think I've ever been presented a choice as to where do you want to start. But the very first thing I do when I get into an organization and I'm faced with this is I shut up and observe. I ask plenty of questions um, and we talked about being non-judgmental don't try to bring in your bias as a coach just observe observe where the action is observe where the change is wanting to happen because that's really where they're most open to coaching coaching is a pull activity it is not a push activity right so Wherever the demand goes, when the student is ready, the teacher will show. As my mentor keeps reminding me.
3: Mm -hmm. So I'm going to build on that a little bit because I have also never been given that opportunity. But I did, early on in my career, got you know some. I I got to observe someone who's well known in the industry, and he was of the viewpoint, or he was set the stage with our company that. A, the entrance criteria is i want to spend a week with your executive and if i could spend a week with an executive both shadowing them observing them and being a jiminy cricket in essence instilling in them lean agile thinking that's where i would definitely by far uh, choose to start
4: given a choice yeah brother let's do it
3: yeah i've never had that choice but in my dream world yeah that would be my choice
4: okay so i have a second question um to both charlie and steve once again and Mm. my question would be um in analyzing or looking at an organization from both the team level and the leadership level what is something or what's a trait a concept a practice a learned behavior that you would say um, a team or leadership must disengage from in order to be successful
1: Okay, so this goes back to the what puts you off, Shaila, category, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and when I go What are to, the bad uh, words? Yeah, well, no, She's no. got a list.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've
1: got a list, yeah. Um, but, but when I see an organization that is in the I know it all category and is demonstrating a repeated pattern of that, I've seen it all, I know it all, there's no more room for growth, then that's the organization I wanna run away from because there is no potential for growth and true change requires growth.
0: Yeah, and so is that part of that, the whole concept of the agile industrial complex where I'm saying as a company, we're doing agile. We're good. And so I just need a little tweaks here and there or?
1: I'm not good for your job. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. I just can't yeah. do that job. I'm
3: actually going to fully agree with Shiloh you know, on that one, you know, that uh, an, an organization that is demonstrating an unwillingness to learn, um, you know, and that's where in the brand of what you mentioned and what Martin mentioned about the agile industrial complex, yeah. you know, we feed, we build on those, we just take their money rather than saying, you know we're not interested. Yeah. We're gonna fire you as a as a client. The, and the yeah. sad thing is, no matter those companies, they will find three or four companies that will three or four consultings or that will fire them. But they'll find someone who will still fill fill that gap. Yeah, and that's the sad thing is that as a industry, um, and we have become an industry. Um, that there will be someone who will step in and say, sure, I'll do that for you when it's just, you know, propagating bad behavior.
0: Yeah, as a lip service, and I, and I agree that, kind of you know, I don't want to end on a, on a sad note, because so I'll talk about, you know, kind of what we've been talking about as a summary today, but I do think in terms of that concept of the industrial complex, the good side of it is we're not really having to do that high jump anymore to get into here is the agile stuff we're doing the hurdle I mean, it's not it's not as much of a, a gap that we have to to get past but now it's oh it's a hurdle a hurdle is a hurdle a hurdle like I'm able to like get over these things and the clients and the companies are saying okay we've gotten past the high jump now I don't have any hurdles left I'm sprinting yeah, yeah. no pun intended right but I mean in in truth that is kind of where they're at and I think that based on you know our great questions from the audience, I think that we've come a long way, but we still have kind of the more complicated learning, right, that whole concept of transformative learning, mm-hmm. right, it's where you good. have the implicit learning, whereas I've learned waterfall for so long and now I'm starting to learn agile and I can't necessarily explain why i'm doing the things i'm doing
1: because change is the only constant right and we live in a complex world
0: yeah and the explicit learning of the only way i'm going to learn is by interacting with others Mm -hmm. that don't necessarily have the same sort of outlook on things as i do and we as coaches have to kind of continue to propagate that this person to this person this person whether it be in teams leadership overall organization we need to sort of break some of the implicit learning mm-hmm. that we have from that transform learning right. and, and, and try to encourage that explicit learning.
2: Right.
3: Right. And one of the good things is that eh, I know I'm interrupting. You. No, no, you're good. No, uh, no, no, no. One of the good things when we talked earlier, don't interrupt but, me. <laughs> but I'm the host. I'm the host. I have <laughs> the one host. This is my one shot. <laughs> <laughs> One of the, earlier on, we talked about leadership and, you know, leadership can sometimes miss the boat as far as, you know, understanding what real transfer and adopting that. But the good thing that we're getting into a phase where now some of the people who have grown up in these agile teams are now getting into a level of leadership and moving up those ranks. And that's what's encouraging to Mm -hmm. me is that if you get someone who's, you had that agile mindset infused in them and the notion of I'm constantly learning, I'm constantly experimenting, that's what's going to help you. Know, our old established companies yeah. become very similar to the Googles of the world, uh, the, to adopt that lean, agile thinking at a leadership level. And I'm encouraged by that as they move up into those levels of Sir, leadership. So you're
0: encouraged by the millennials moving up? I'm, I don't know about this. Wow. I little, did say that, didn't I? You kind of did just say that. I did say and, that. You know, there, there are certain people, including this audience, that I believe in. You know, they, they ask good questions um, although they'd be like two, three, four-part questions. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think that you, you're absolutely right. Dan, I mean, Dan, I think Dan, I think part of it is is that when we talk about, and when we talked with Shaila in our previous podcast about transformation, you had said, Shaila, I think very eloquently, you know, the mind and the hands can do one thing. Mm-hmm. But if you don't change the heart, mm-hmm. can we really change how we're doing anything? And I, And I think that's true for any generation you know whether it's been people that have gotten to the point that we're a leadership and they have to really look at their their true heart and how why they do the things that they do versus well from my mindset i did this so everyone else needs to do it so
1: yeah i think it's it's a concept i call you know fat brains and there's a lot of research
2: mm-hmm. around this right yes absolutely um,
1: I, what i have been you know privileged in working with a lot of you know Fresh graduates from college, interns from college, just observing them, you know, working with them on the sidelines, watching them grow, watching them flourish. And it's been a joyous pursuit because I don't know if they've learned anything from me, but I have learned a whole lot. Just by being around them. Because they do push the envelope. Mm -hmm. They challenge me to bring my A-game to work Mm -hmm. every day. And that's what I love, right? The the, inattention to attention,
0: right? (laughs) I mean, literally. (laughs) I mean, they're being scattered all over the place. But that's almost good because they're not so ingrained in their ways.
2: Yeah. Right?
0: So uh, I want to finish up saying, you know, we'd like to thank Shiloh and Steve. Uh, for joining us, uh, us inside the Agile After Dark Apollo 13 studio. I want to kind of sum up, as Lao Tzu once said, there are many paths to enlightenment. Be sure to take one with a heart. Mm. Nice. Good. So there, there is a list of heart and passion uh, ex- expressed with our guests, and I hope you have enjoyed this special edition of Agile After Dark. So
3: good night and good luck to all of you. So so what email do people have to uh, send a request to to get access to that unedited? uh, Oh, that's uh, a good one. No. You
0: know. Un- no. 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 Oh. Unrated. Unrated. Ag- AgileAfterDark.com. No.
3: Unrated at agileafterdark.com. Uncut. Uncut. Cool. Uncut.
0: Yeah. Uncut. Well, no. Did they do uncut? Is that what the DVD is? Uncut? uncut? Is it uncut? Yeah. Uncut. Yeah. Really? Yeah.
3: The millennial. I should have done
0: better. See, my yeah. mind
3: immediately, given the context, my mind immediately went to Jewish circumcision. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>